Proverbs chapter 6. My son, if you have become surety to your neighbor, given your hand in pledge to another, you have been snared by the utterance of your lips, caught by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself, since you have fallen into your neighbor's power. Go, hurry, stir up your neighbor. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself as a gazelle from the snare, or as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard, study her ways and learn wisdom. For though she has no chief, nor commander, or ruler, she procures her food in summer, stores up her provisions in the harvest. How long, O sluggard, will you rest? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest. Then will poverty come upon you like a highwayman, and want like an armed man. A scoundrel, a villain, is he who deals in crooked talk. He winks his eyes, shuffles his feet, makes signs with his fingers. He has perversity in his heart, is always plotting evil, sows discord. Therefore, suddenly ruin comes upon him. In an instant, he is crushed beyond cure. There are six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that plots wicked schemes. Feet that run swiftly to evil. The false witness who utters lies. And he who sows discord among brothers. Observe, my son, your father's bidding, and reject not your mother's teaching. Keep them fastened over your heart always. Put them around your neck. For the bidding is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and a way to life are the reproofs of discipline, to keep you from your neighbor's wife, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Lust not in your heart after her beauty. Let her not captivate you with her glance, for the price of a loose woman may be scarcely a loaf of bread, but if she is married, she is a trap for your precious life. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his garments not be burned? Or can a man walk on live coals and his feet not be scorched? So with him who goes in to his neighbor's wife, none who touches her shall go unpunished. Men despise not the thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. Yet if he be caught, he must pay back sevenfold all the wealth of his house he may yield up. But he who commits adultery is a fool. He who would destroy himself does it. A degrading beating will he get, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For vindictive is the husband's wrath, He will have no pity on the day of vengeance. He will not consider any restitution, nor be satisfied with the greatest gifts. Psalm 12 Help, O Lord, for no one now is dutiful. Faithfulness has vanished from among men. Everyone speaks falsehood to his neighbor. With smooth lips they speak, and double heart. May the Lord destroy all smooth lips, every boastful tongue. Those who say, we are heroes with our tongues, our lips are our own. Who is the Lord over us? Because they rob the afflicted and the needy sigh. 
Now will I arise, says the Lord. I will grant safety to him who longs for it. The promises of the Lord are sure, like tried silver, freed from dross, sevenfold refined. You, O Lord, will keep us and preserve us always from this generation, while about us the wicked strut, and in high place are the beasts, the basest of men. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you utterly forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I harbor sorrow in my soul, grief in my heart day after day? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look, answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes that I may not sleep in death, lest my enemies say I have overcome him, lest my foes rejoice at my downfall. Though I trusted in your kindness, let my heart rejoice in your salvation. Let me sing of the Lord. He has been good to me. Wisdom, Chapter 8 Indeed, wisdom reaches from end to end mightily and governs all things well. Her I loved and sought after from my youth. I sought to take her for my bride and was enamored of her beauty. She adds to nobility the splendor of companionship with God. Even the Lord of all loved her, for she is instructress in the understanding of God, the selector of his works. And if riches be a desirable possession in life, what is more rich than wisdom, who produces all things? And if prudence renders service, who in the world is a better craftsman than she? Or if one loves justice, the fruits of her works are virtues. For she teaches moderation and prudence, justice and fortitude, and nothing in life is more useful for men than these. Or again, if one yearns for copious learning, she knows the things of old and infers those yet to come. She understands the turns of phrases and the solutions of riddles, signs and wonders she knows in advance, and the outcome of times and ages. So I determined to take her to live with me, knowing that she would be my counselor while all was well, and my comfort in care and grief. For her sake I should have glory among the masses, and esteem from the elders, though I be but a youth. I should become keen in judgment, and should be a marvel before rulers. They would abide my silence, and attend my utterance, and as I spoke on further they would place their hands upon their mouths. For her sake I should have immortality, and leave to those after me an everlasting memory. I should govern peoples and nations would be my subjects. Terrible princes, hearing of me, would be afraid. In the assembly I should appear noble, and in war, courageous. Within my dwelling I should take my repose beside her, for association with her involves no bitterness, and living with her no grief, but rather joy and gladness. Thinking thus within myself and reflecting in my heart that there is immortality in kinship with wisdom and good pleasure in her friendship and unfailing riches in the works of her hands and that in frequenting her society there is prudence and fair renown in sharing her discourses, I went about seeking to take her for my own. Now I was a well-favored child and I came by a noble nature or rather, being noble, I attained an unsullied body. 
and knowing that I could not otherwise possess her except God gave it. And this too was prudence, to know whose is the gift. I went to the Lord and besought him and said with all my heart, God of my fathers, Lord of mercy, you who have made all things by your word and in your wisdom have established man to rule the creatures produced by you, to govern the world in holiness and justice, and to render judgment in integrity of heart. Give me wisdom, the attendant at your throne, and reject me not from among your children. Sirach chapter 10 A wise magistrate lends stability to his people, and the government of a prudent man is well ordered. As the people's judge, so are his ministers, as the head of a city, its inhabitants. A wanton king destroys his people, but a city grows through the wisdom of its princes. Sovereignty over the earth is in the hand of God, who raises up on it the man of the hour. Sovereignty over every man is in the hand of God, who imparts his majesty to the ruler. No matter the wrong, do no violence to your neighbor, and do not walk the path of arrogance. Odious to the Lord and to men is arrogance, and the sin of oppression they both hate. Dominion is transferred from one people to another because of the violence of the arrogant. Why are dust and ashes proud? Even during life, man's body decays. A slight illness, the doctor jests. A king today, tomorrow he is dead. When a man dies, he inherits corruption worms and gnats and maggots. The beginning of pride is man's stubbornness in withdrawing his heart from his maker. For pride is the reservoir of sin, a source which runs over with vice. Because of it, God sends unheard of afflictions and brings men to utter ruin. The thrones of the arrogant God overturns and establishes the lowly in their stead. The roots of the proud God plucks up to plant the humble in their place. He breaks down their stem to the level of the ground, then digs their roots from the earth. The traces of the proud God sweeps away and effaces the memory of them from the earth. Insolence is not allotted to a man, nor stubborn anger to one born of woman. Whose offspring can be in honor? Those of men. Which offspring are in honor? Those who fear God whose offspring can be in disgrace? Those of men. Which offspring are in disgrace? Those who transgress the commandments. Among brethren, their leader is in honor. He who fears God is in honor among his people, be it ten tenant or wayfarer, alien or pauper. His glory is the fear of the Lord. It is not just to despise a man who is wise but poor, nor proper to honor any sinner. The prince, the ruler, the judge are in honor, but none is greater than he who fears God. When free men serve a prudent slave, the wise man does not complain. Flaunt not your wisdom in managing your affairs, and boast not in your time of need. Better the worker who has plenty of everything than the boaster who is without bread. My son, with humility, have self-esteem. Prize yourself as you deserve. Who will acquit him who condemns himself? Who will honor him who discredits himself? 
The poor man is honored for his wisdom, as the rich man is honored for his wealth. Honored in poverty, how much more so in wealth? Dishonored in wealth, in poverty, how much the more?